Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm thrilled to have you along on this wild ride as we explore the untamed world of rodeo life and the families and supporters that make it all happen. From thrilling arena action to quiet moments behind the scenes, this podcast is your ticket to the heart of true rodeo life. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and as a rodeo wife and mom myself, I've experienced firsthand the joys and challenges of life in and around rodeo. Together, we'll dive deep with rodeo families, rodeo athletes, and other folks who are living and breathing the Western way of life. We'll explore topics like raising families while husbands are away, navigating the dangers of a professional rodeo career, keeping a relationship alive when you're hundreds of miles apart, and what it takes to pursue your own goals in the midst of it all. Whether you're part of a rodeo family, a fan, or just someone who loves Western culture, Companion Pass will give you all the real, unfiltered insights you've been looking for. Let's dig in. Kelly Jorgensen, welcome to Companion Pass. I am so excited to have you on today. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Kelly is an NFR brow racer. She is married to, she's a fellow steer wrestler wife, I should say. And this is pretty new. So we'll talk about that. She's a newlywed steer wrestler wife. She's married to Stetson Jorgensen, who's a four-time NFR qualifier. And so she knows a thing or two about rodeo life. And I'm so happy to have you on here. I feel like we have so much in common and so much we get to talk about because in a lot of ways, our stories are pretty similar. But then I know in some ways they're very different. So I can't wait to get into it. Thanks. I'm excited. Yeah, they're very similar. I think anybody that is with a bulldogger understands the bulldogger way. So yeah, I'm excited to talk. Yeah, it's kind of funny. And I know I told you this once before. Um, you wrote a piece for Companion Pass for the blog when it was all just written pieces. And so I'm excited to talk about that, too, because things are really different now. At the time, you and Stetson weren't married. And this is a whole next chapter of your story. But Luke and Stetson rodeoed together for a little bit. And before I had even met you and talking to Luke and he's, oh, I just really enjoy Kelly and Stetson. They're great. And I remember so distinctly him being and really wanting us to meet. And he's like, you're going to love her. He was right. I totally do. But <laughs> I remember him saying, when I watched Kelly and Stetson together, it reminds me so much of you and I when we were dating. And that always really stuck with me is that there's something about the two of you in your relationship that reminded him of us. And I always kind of wanted to know what that was about him. And I think it was probably just that you guys were really in love and that he could see how you supported Stetson. Yeah, I'm sure it was so fun, like having him around. I did get to go alongside them, I guess you would say, not with them, of course, but alongside them for a couple of weeks. So it was really fun to get to know Luke too, because he, I didn't know him as well. I know who he is, of course, but I didn't ever know him truly as a person. And it was fun to be around him. But he even told us that he was like, you remind me so much of Lindsay and I. And I'm like, okay, is that a good thing? But it was really fun. It was fun to get to know that side of him too. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that we both have had our own goals and ambitions and stuff to want to rodeo and want to run barrels but also have to almost put it aside for them or not aside but maybe I don't know maybe like just wanting to support them more than we want to support ourselves if that's the right way to put it yeah no I definitely understand that like I was saying these parallel paths we find them on you and I have found ourselves on 
you've gone further down that road kind of the same way I did. But going back to that beginning, like when Luke and I were first dating and I was still trying to rodeo, even just now hearing you say that you weren't going together, you were going alongside him. That's exactly (laughs) how things were when I was dating Luke. And I like I'd love to go and talk about that because even just trying to have these relationships and you know, obviously you rode you rodeoed. I mentioned you made the final. You had a very you've had a very successful career. But just juggling that, it's not like even when you get serious and you're dating these rodeo cowboys, you're like throwing in with them and going. It's certainly not bulldoggers, at least, because there's no room for a girl and some barrel horses in the rig. But just how, like, how do you even make that work? What was that experience like for you dating? How do you even find time for each other? It's tough. At the beginning, I think I was still, it was still new and it wasn't really our dating times were more like, oh, you go do your thing. I'll do my thing and we'll see each other when we can see each other. And then when it got a little more serious, I'm like, hey, like, are we going to make time for each other? Are we just going to do this for the rest of our life? And he, I mean, he was just kind of straight up and honest with me from the beginning, which it's like, I guess it's um, tough love, I guess you call it. But it's, hey, this is what I'm set out to do. This is my job. This is what my love and my passion. And I have to do this while I'm capable. I can't do this forever. I don't want you to sit and wait, but I kind of want you to sit and wait. Like, but I don't ever want you to feel as if you can't go do what you want to do, too. But where me, I'm such a I'm such a hard lover. I you I love with all my heart and I want to give all my effort and my support to someone. And I think that was really hard for me to be like, okay, Kelly, you kind of have to step back and let him do his thing, but also be a phone call away. It's tough. It's bulldoggers too. It's even harder to be like make a quick trip because you're going to make a quick trip, but you're going to be staying in a trailer with four other guys. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, too, it's like you think you guys can just meet up somewhere quick, but they have to drag along three other guys. So it's not just convincing them to kind of stop over somewhere for the night or meet up or day or whatever. It's okay. Now you have to go convince everybody else you're with or find them a ride, which sounds funny, but it's a true logistical part of what you're doing is it's not just your own personal rodeo plans or the person you're dating their plans but when you're dating somebody like a steer wrestler it's also these other guys that they're entered with and this is all their jobs and all their goals and so it's all right there's a lot of people in this relationship all of a sudden (laughs) right and you can't like i mean you can't take away from their job and their life too because you can't expect every four or five different people's plans to change just for you. And one of my favorite stories, we were in Red Bluff. I was like, oh my gosh, I'll go to California. There's only three or four rodeos in the month. We'll get to hang out so much. I'll get to be with just Stetson for once. No, no, it's not how it went. I was like, hey, hey, let's go on a date tonight. Just me and you. Let's go. And we are pulling out of Red Bluff Fairgrounds and we're going to go to a Mexican food restaurant. And actually, Luke was one of them. And he comes up to the pickup and he's like, what are y'all doing? Are y'all going to eat? Okay, yeah, we'll jump in. So three guys jump in and I'm like, okay, so much for our date, but okay, yeah, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so so relatable. It's funny because when I first started dating Luke, I didn't know anything about Bulldoggers. It was an entirely new world for me. And so we were in Ellensburg and he asked me to go to dinner. And I guess that would have been like our first actual date where he asked me to go somewhere. And so he asked me to go to dinner and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, sure. So I was a little bit nervous and he came and picked me up and it was just him in the truck. 
and we get, again, Mexican food restaurant. I guess this is yeah. a very thing. And we walk in and he's, oh, there's our table. And it was literally a table of eight other guys. And it was like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. This is our date. So you date a pack of them. You do. And it's like, at first I was like, Stetson, I kind of want some you time. And he's, yeah, but this is me. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But now to be like a same as you, I wasn't aware of how the Bulldoggers, you always hear that the Bulldoggers are a family, but until I got to become a part of it, it truly is. The wives, the husband, everybody looks out for everybody. Everybody watches each other's kids. It's just a big family. And it when they say, when people say that, it's really is the truth. So it was fun. From the beginning, I got introduced to the family. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Something else you said a few minutes ago struck me. In that Stetson was really upfront about what his goals were and where he was at. And that was one thing that I always said about our relationship definitely wasn't perfect as far as there being balance about the give and take and who was compromising and who wasn't. That was fairly one sided, which I've talked about. But he was very upfront about that. And I always really respected that. He was honest about what he wanted, where he was at with his goals and where his focus was. It was difficult and a catch-22, but he's like, this is where I'm at. You can kind of take it or leave it. And I really believed that. It was sort of like if I was like, no, that's not okay with me, then he would have been like, then that doesn't work. Then we don't work. And so I think that finds, it leaves you in a position when you're with someone that you really love is having to make that difficult choice that you kind of know you're putting yourself in that position and not necessarily that it's fair because it's it's not, it's definitely not a 50-50 relationship at that point. But knowing that's what you signed up for. And and I know that right before Luke and I got married, it was probably two or three months before we got married. It's like I had a moment of being like, it was the realization really hit me. That is what I signed up for. And that was truly what our lives were going to look like. This wasn't a temporary thing. It wasn't like, oh, we're dating. And so that's what it's like now. But we're going to get married. And I knew I couldn't expect things to magically change. I knew that was really what my life for this foreseeable future was going to look like. And I had a real moment of, kind of panic where I'm like, wait, is that truly what I want? Do I love this person enough to put myself in that position where I know that I'm going to be playing second fiddle at least for a while? And that was really hard for me. And obviously, in the end, I chose Luke. I knew that I could do it. (laughs) Worth it. I think there are so many difficult decisions and positions you have to be in life. And some of them, they're not always going to be for something that's worth it in the end. And when it's the person that you truly love, it obviously is worth it. Um, But that was really hard for me. Yeah, yeah, that's to a T what we went through too, like, or still going through, not went through still, because there was a little part of me that was a little bit like, oh, maybe I will be number one, or maybe I will be chosen. You know, even though he was very upfront from the very beginning with me, I was still like, well, like if I mean enough to you, you know, and I kept trying to kind of put that into my head, and I had to come very quickly to realize that rodeo comes first. And not that I come second, but it's, this is my plan. This is my future. This is my goals. I want you a part of it, but yeah, this is my life. So take it or leave it, you know? Yeah. So how then when you are doing this, making this transition from just you focusing on yourself and barrel racing and your own rodeo career into kind of shifting to being in a more supportive role as Stetson's 
girlfriend, fiance, now wife. <laughs> right. So how has that been for you? So at the beginning, I would say it was easier at the beginning because I still was kind of doing my own thing as girlfriend. I was still doing my thing. I was still kind of do- going and being where I wanted to. And then fiance happened. And like you said, you kind of have that little bit of panic moment like, oh, this is it. This is real. And to the best thing that I had to tell myself was Stetson can't do this forever. This isn't a thing that he's going to, his body's going to hold up to do for the rest of his life. So whereas a barrel racer, 70, 80 year old women still doing that. So I had to come to the realization of, okay, I can do this. I can do this for the rest of my life. While I can be there for Stetson, be there for him yeah. because he needs that. He needs that support. He needs that love. Oh, the rodeo road is more losing than winning. And being there for them is huge, even if it's just to get their mind off of it or to talk about something else. So it's a different, it's a different transition, but I just know, I see how hard he works. I see what kind of determination he has. And it's just, it's honestly an honor to be able to be there for him and to be able to support him. Now, putting myself on the back burner, I don't know if that's the right word, but, um, I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's hard to put into words of like, I want it more for him than I want it for myself, but I want it more for myself later, (laughs) if that makes sense. (laughs) It does make sense. And I love that you're thinking about it in that way, which I think is something that I didn't do and wish I could have. It felt very all or nothing for me. I felt like, all right, if I'm going to stop rodeoing, this is probably it for me. And that felt really final and difficult. And I don't even know why. Maybe it was being young. Maybe it was not knowing any different. But I really felt like that was a part of myself that I was going to be leaving behind. And so I love that you are coming at it with an entirely different approach is that for you, it's just on pause, which I think is a great way to do. And you're not giving up on those things that you want for yourself, which you absolutely shouldn't. And I'm so happy. (laughs) But just knowing that there is kind of a time in life for everything. Right, right. And I guess not necessarily putting it on pause, but understanding that I can do it forever. And the barrel racing is so extremely tough nowadays. You can't just have the talent that Stetson has and go get on a really nice horse. You have to have your own. You have to have your superstar standout. And I know that's going to come. Maybe I necessarily don't have the one right now, but it can possibly happen at any time. So it's not really on pause. It's trying to just be logical about what I can and can't do in this moment. Yeah, that makes so much sense is that you're still working on it behind the scenes, which is so much about rodeo. You're still cultivating your obvious talent, but also we talk about the barrel race is so much about finding that perfect horse and that you're still actively working towards that sort of behind the scenes where it's probably not something that people most people see when they look at you or look at your relationship. They can only see you in that role of Stetson's now wife and supporting him and maybe not seeing that you're still actively working on your dream, that you're just in a different stage of that now than where you were. So my success happened super early. So it's like I was known as Kelly Collier NFR qualifier has changed to Stetson Jorgensen's four-time NFR qualifier wife. So, but I love it. I absolutely love it. But yeah, it is uh, the behind the scenes nobody sees. And nobody even sees the behind the scenes for the people going to the NFR every year. So babies, horse babies, breeding 
trying to find that next one is a process. It's not a year after year thing. Not all of us can be super awesome like Brittany Posey and get on anything and win. So it, it does take that little bit of time and that little bit of behind the scenes, like you say, to reach those goals and to get to that point. Yeah. Let's talk about since you had made the finals, um, I would love to talk about and hear what your experience and your feelings were like that first year that you went back to the finals mm-hmm. after having made it and then didn't and went just a step. I think you described yourself as his plus one. But you going there in a totally different role after having been there as a competitor. What was that like for you? Um, Hard. Um, <laughs> humbling. <laughs> no, it was. When we we very first started talking in 2020 and he made the finals that year in Texas and he's, I want you to come with me. And I'm like, which we weren't really very public then. We were just still boyfriend, girlfriend. We weren't just showing it off everywhere. And I'm like, man, this is a huge step, not only for our relationship, but for my mind too, because I had been working so hard from 2017 to that 2020 point and have felt short of my goals. And so it was a little bit like I was a little salty, you should say about it. I don't want to be there. That's where I have worked so hard to be. And I'm not going to be there competing myself. I don't know. Like I didn't answer right away. I was like, I don't. Let me just kind of think on that and see if I want to take that next step. But in the back of my head, I knew I wanted to be there for him. I knew I wanted to be his biggest supporter. So I almost had to put my feelings aside, my salty feelings aside and go be that support for him and be there with him all 10 days. Yeah. I think that's so difficult because like you said, you were used to being there in an entirely different capacity. And then completely aside from your relationship with Stetson, just I think being in that position and then having to go and watch the finals, regardless of whether or not you went with him, is not really a place a person wants to be. It's like you're frustrated, you're disappointed, and you're yep. dealing with all of those feelings of something you worked so hard for and found it just out of reach. And so then having to show up and kind of be all smiles and right. <laughs> those feelings of just frustration and longing and totally natural human things is so hard. And I can understand when you describe that, the feeling of wanting to be like, I think I'd rather just stay home. <laughs> right, right. And I think, honestly, the I think it was the first two or first three rounds, I didn't stay for the barrels. And I'm like, if that's not me, then I don't want to be a part of it right now. But then you, you take a step back and you're like, do you realize the horsepower here? Do you realize the athlete power? Watch these amazing athletes while you have the chance. Anybody would love to be sitting in your shoes. You might learn something. You might see what you need to do better for next year or whatever it may be. So I think, honestly, I think going with him or not with him, going to the finals at all that year was a learning curve, a blessing, if you would say, to kind of get over that feeling of my best word is saltiness, but (laughs) to understand that it's okay to not reach your goals, but do everything you can to get there again and re- honestly relit my fire yeah, because it does you get burned out and you get tired again and you're like I did everything I could and didn't get there yeah but it did it relights your fire when you watch that kind of performance that those kind of athletes it's incredible oh oh my gosh I haven't run barrels in 10 years probably <laughs> I still sometimes go and I can 
the feeling of sitting there in those seats, particularly at the finals and other rodeos too. Right. More in those seats. And just what you described, the horsepower, the talent. It's like I can feel this feeling start from my feet. It's like this literal electric thing. My hands are twitching and you're right back in there. But just that feeling of it does ignite something in you. I think once you've been a competitor and once you've felt those feelings, it never really goes away, no matter how far removed you are from it. And clearly I am much further removed than you are, <laughs> ever will be. But I don't think that it leaves you. It really changes something inside of you. It does change. And it made it made me appreciate what I did do a little more. When I did go, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be here. Oh, I do. I didn't realize what kind of horse I had. I didn't realize what kind of support I had. And so it was it reopened my eyes to be a lot more appreciative than I was when I did make it. And that's something like that's hard to say for me because somebody you didn't appreciate going, you aren't appreciative of your horse. And you're like, no, it's not that. It's more, I didn't appreciate it enough. Now I have this over the moon feeling for this mare that got me there. I can just sit here and look at her in my pasture with this appreciation. Whereas when I used to go, it was just like, okay, load up, let's go to the next one. You yeah. know, so it did. It opened my eyes in a lot of different ways, for sure. I think when you're in that rat race, when you're doing it all the time <laughs> and you're consumed by it, it's hard to be able to step outside of it enough to have the perspective you're talking about. And I love hearing that with this new perspective that you've gained, you're able to appreciate what a massive accomplishment it was for you and be maybe a little bit prouder of yourself. For sure. For sure. And more appreciative of my horse. I didn't. I loved her. Don't get me wrong. She was my everything. But like I said, just to appreciate that kind of horsepower that I got to ride is yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Yes. And then definitely, I mean more, I guess I should have said that you are experiencing it, have tapped into an even deeper gratitude. Exactly. The whole part of it. Yeah. The whole idea of rodeoing at all is, a, is much more appreciative in my eyes now. What a great thing to be able to take away from that. One of the things that I think I experienced, and I'm certainly not trying to put words in your mouth here, but listening to you talk about these things is I'm definitely taken back to that time in my life. But I think that there was this feeling having rodeoed myself, and I was a little bit weary of rodeo relationships and how I saw some of those things play out around me. And it was a hard pill for me to swallow to go to the rodeos as just the wife who's usually at home, whereas I was used to going and being there in my own right and feeling like I belonged there a little bit. And so when I would go and show up just as his wife, or that's what I felt like I was, it was tough for me to be there because I didn't feel like I had my own place. I was no longer myself and a competitor, but I was only Luke's wife. And that was really, I don't know, that was difficult. I didn't like the way I was seeing myself. And I had to view that differently for that to change my feelings. Yeah, for sure. And that's hard for me to go to a rodeo and him be like, here, here's my companion pass. Go into the stands. And I'm like, what? No, I have my own. Like, yeah. I don't need yours. Yes. So it is. It's like almost like a hard pill to swallow because it's a very alone feeling. You go up into the stands and you go and you sit by yourself or you go and you find dinner for yourself. Well, it's a very different feeling where as you I mean, as a barrel racer, as a competitor, 
you have other barrel races around you, you have your things to do, you have your horses to take care of, you are somebody rather than, like you said, just Stetson's wife. You're just here as a spectator. <laughs> it is. It's very difficult. And I, I, de- I still have a hard time with that because I still try to go a little bit. But to go to such a big rodeo like Houston, and here's your ticket to get inside, not your number. It's tough. It really is. And just the sense of no longer having that job. When you were going as a competitor, all right, I know what I got to do. They take care of my horses. I know the timing. Your timing, yes. the entire rodeo different about when you have to warm up, when you're doing everything. And to then show up there, I was, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, exactly. I don't know what to do here. I don't, I'm in a world that feels so familiar to me, but I'm in such a foreign role. I no longer felt like I fit. And that was really hard for me. I didn't, I think when I talk about not losing sight of who I was, that's what I mean. I'm like, uh, everything suddenly felt foreign and uncomfortable to me. And my answer to this was to remove myself and not be around it because I didn't know how to be there. And so just the fact that you continue to put yourself out there and keep showing up, I think takes more strength than maybe people understand. Yeah. And it's harder than most people understand. Sometimes I don't want to, but I I love Stetson enough to want to be there for him. And that's, and it's funny. I'll call my mom at a certain rodeo. I'm like, Hey mom, I'm at San Antonio. How do I get in here? Cause she went with me so much and she go this way and go up these stairs. And I'm like, okay, thanks. It's just a whole different side of things that maybe I am more appreciative of my mom now for being that for me. Oh, that's so funny. So what now that you guys are married, you're in this different chapter. I mean, you've only been married. I think we decided what's about six months now. Are you finding new challenges aside from the ones we've already talked about, like navigating newlywed life? Did things change for you? Is there new uncharted territory you're learning about? It's all very still similar. We got married in the next Three and in three days, he left for Canada to rodeo. <laughs> it was very similar to what we had gone through. He was leaving for the busiest months of rodeo season. But I do have to say, a lot of the things changed in his aspect of, no, I'm married now. I'm not going to go out and go to the beer tent. Like, or I may go for a couple and then go, you know, but it was, and there's a few things that changed like that. But Our relationship stayed very similar other than we are building our place in Idaho and I had to oversee all of that. And so it was hard because there was a lot of things and a lot of questions I had for him that I didn't want to bug him about while being on the road. But it was like real life things. And I'm like, no, you need to help me make this decision. But I know you're driving and I know it's a hard path to navigate. But it was he was very patient with me. I'm not a very patient person. And he helped me through it a lot to know that there's an end to all this. Not an end to the relationship, an end to the being apart. But I yeah. guess, as you say, maybe there's not. No, there definitely is. <laughs> what you're describing, you're talking about your newlyweds and you're working on building this new place together. And those are things that you expect to do with your husband. Or together, yes. Yeah. And you're finding yourself doing them alone. And it's hard not to let that take the wind out of your sails a little bit. It is. It's hard to, it's hard to want to keep doing it because you're like, I'm still like, I got married to do this with a partner, not by myself. And, but 
he's as there as much as he can be there, whether right. it's on the phone or if it's stopping by or whatever it might be. He really is. But it is tough. It's tough to be. And I'm not an alone person. I don't. I've never liked to. I won't go out and eat by myself. I don't like to go to the store by myself. I don't love being alone. So that was a whole nother thing I had to figure out how to deal with too while being at home at our new place in our new home and take care of all of our stuff by myself. Oh, that's one of the hardest things. And I don't know that ever gets easier, but it definitely can feel very isolating. It is. It is. And I've leaned on my family and his family a bunch for that. And that's made all of us a lot closer too. So I think they're they hate that I'm gone, but they appreciate me being alone because I call them all every day. <laughs> Absolutely. So how do you guys make time for each other? Yeah, it's hard. They say rodeo season is from a time to a time, but it's really not. It's all year round, 24-7, whether you're exercising at home, practicing, going somewhere to practice or being on the road full time. We've kind of made a deal. Hey, if it works out that you're going to be in a place for two, three days, invite me. Just try. It doesn't have to be all the time, but just give that little bit of effort on both ends. Where it, Whether it's me saying, hey, I have a free week, what's going on? Or if it's him, I'm going to be in Puyallup for three days, come here. And I tell him too, it doesn't always have to be a Houston, a San Antonio, a Puyallup. I don't care if I go to... Timbuktu. I don't care. Gets the time with you. And sometimes, luckily, our place in Idaho is very central. So I'm like, hey, if you're an hour away, please just come home for a night or try to make that work. So we try. It's a never-ending effort and try, but it's hard. It's really hard. Just what you said right there is that it's never-ending effort. I think that's the biggest thing is that there just has to be that effort. If you never let go of making that effort, and like you said, it can be the smallest thing. And I know for Luke and I, holding on to that and always making the effort was the thing that made the difference. And it was even times where he would call and say, hey, you can fly in. I figured out how to do this and I can pick you up on my way through. You can come to this place. And it didn't always work, especially when we kids. And I just, I can't make that work. But knowing that they wanted to and were trying to figure out a way, that effort that they put in and that thoughtfulness and that desire to want to work to see me was sometimes the thing that made all the difference. It kept you, it held you over until you could actually be together. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's 100% the truth because it's the effort, but it's also understanding that it can't always work. Because yeah. 90% of the time, it's probably not going to work. But it is. It is that effort. And I'm a I'm a big believer in the little things. And yeah. it's just that little tiny bit of effort that, like you said, holds you over and makes yeah. it just a little bit easier knowing that they're thinking about you. <laughs> absolutely. You saying that it's the little things, that's my life's motto. I absolutely believe that. I think it's the sometimes the smallest things in life that end up being the most special, the most important, the most impactful. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but are there any instances you can give or examples of little things that keep you guys together or little things he does for you or that you do for him that kind of keeps that tie together? Oh man, that's tough. I know this one little thing that he just did for me recently. He wasn't supposed to. He 
<laughs> this is the raw truth of the rodeo world, not making the finals this year instead of coming home and getting to practice at home, he had to go leave for two months and go to work to make that living up, to make that money up, to be able to go on to the next one. Well, he wasn't supposed to be home till December. He surprises me and comes home on Thanksgiving. It's stuff like that where you're just like, man, he does care. He does love me. (laughs) Me for him. I'll sometimes put a little box together, his favorite thing, and give it to him so he can take on the road and have a box beside him with candy or peanuts or whatever it might be that is his favorite. And I try to do some things like that. Them never being in the same place or me, never him not knowing where I'm at or vice versa. It's hard to send stuff. But um, some encouraging messages just trying to encourage each other and what we're doing that's always a big thing for me he's not a super big flower sender but he will he's like i know that she loves them so he will and i'm like that's cute that's something so small and so silly but just that little tiny bit of calling and ordering them or telling you like you telling the poor lady what to write on there (laughs) (laughs) it's just that little effort yeah Yeah. And I really don't think that those things should be underestimated in how meaningful they can be to someone else. And just the boon it gives you, the the way it fills you back up when you're starting to feel like you don't have a whole lot more to give. And I find that those things always came at the, they have a way of coming at just the right time. They do. I remember one instance now, I was talking to him one night and I'm like, I have so much to do tomorrow. I have to call the tile guy. I have to call the plumber. I have to get horses rode and go get their feet done or whatever. All this list of things. And he calls me the next morning. He's like, hey, I already called the plumber for you. And I'm like, oh my God, you're the best ever. Thank you so much. It's so silly, but it just just took that one thing off my plate where I know it's poor guy. He's got 20 other things on his plate. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times things like that just saved me. And I think it's finding those little things that keep you connected and really keep your relationship thriving when you can't physically be together. Yeah, and it's such a different lifestyle. That would be a normal thing that a (laughs) nine to five guy would do. Like those little things like that, when you know that they have that much on their plate, it's, yeah, keeps you glued together. (laughs) Yeah. Now, you touched on it there, is that Stetson just missed making the finals this year. And we talked about you knowing all too well what that feeling is when you it was just out of your reach and you worked so hard for it. Did that put you in a unique position to be able to understand what he was going through and those feelings he must be experiencing and that kind of disappoint to be there for him? Yeah, for sure. It was... It was hard. It was okay for me because I could deal with it. But like to see someone else have to deal with those emotions, you almost don't know what to say because nothing makes it okay or nothing makes it better. But he is so mentally tough. And instead of letting that bring him down, it's lit a fire. And it's and he didn't even have to go to the finals for it to light a fire. He wants it and loves it so much that he goes and win circuit finals to start off the year or and it's just to see I've probably learned and more from him after him not making the finals than I ever learned for myself like I don't even know if I could have done anything for him to support him more other than be there and say it's okay I got your back yeah that's so awesome in what ways because we talked about at the beginning how you are still 
actively pursuing your rodeo dreams and working towards them. You're kind of back at square one, if that's fair to say. You're looking for that right horse. You're still working. You certainly haven't stepped away from it. But in what ways does Stetson support you? He has to, he's gone rodeoing. But how does he make sure that he supports you in keeping that dream alive? I think he has seen the quit in me, has seen the, well, I just, I'll just support you side of me instead of pursuing my own goals. And so I think that's the main thing that he's done for me is, oh, get your butt up, get out there and go do what you want to do and reach your goals. You're not going to reach anything by sitting right here. Even if it's not in 10 years, you got to start now. So he's really helped me get back up and know that everything's not going to go okay all the time. But if you just keep getting back up, then you're at least making progress. You know, and you might not have the horse now, but ride this four-year-old. She might be your one. Or ride this one. She might be your one. Or, okay, you don't like that one. I'll take it bulldog it. <laughs> but no, he's, a, he's very headstrong and very level-headed. So he's helped me out a lot by bringing me back down to earth instead of poor me. It sounds like you have a tendency to prioritize other people around you instead of yourself. And what a great quality for you to be selfless in your support of him. But at the same time, I think that can often lend itself to forgetting what you want or just being like, it's not that important. I'll deal with that later. You can make everybody else around you that's where you put your energy instead of giving it back to yourself when you should. And so how great that he recognizes that and is proactive about you know, reinforcing the need for you to make your own dreams and your own goals a priority. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's never a, okay, wait for me to get home. It's a get your butt out there and go do what you want to do too. So it's not, it's, there's never a putting me down or doubting me or no don't do that because we don't have the money it's always there's always support there we will figure it out go do what makes you happy because I know and he will say I know I make you happy but I can't be there all the time so you've got to find something that makes you happy too oh and it is it is these horses it is these um goals and dreams of wanting to make the finals again whether it's coming to reality of knowing it can't happen right now, but working towards that. And I do, I have really nice horses and I'm circuit rodeoing and doing all these things. And he's like, it's okay if your goal is the circuit finals. No, your goal doesn't have to be the NFR this year, but go meet that goal. Do everything you can to meet that goal. So he's very pushing, very good about supporting me in that way. Yeah, sounds like you guys are really great at communicating with each other and just sharing where you're really at and your true feelings about things and allowing that to be the thing that, I mean, just at the root of your relationship, then you're able to very sincerely support each other in your pursuit because your communication is so great. And that I can just say from plenty of years of being married, And doing things both ways, (laughs) not being great at communicating either one of us, then to getting better at it is this made the most difference in our relationship is being able to do just what you said and communicate honestly, which I wish we would have done from the very beginning. How great for you guys that you're starting from that place. 
Well, I don't wouldn't say it's great. We don't communicate great. <laughs> I'm a talker. I want to talk everything out. I want to get down to the nitty gritty and say all the details. And Stetson is a man of very few words. He says what he means and that's it. There's no. So I think we've kind of honestly being so opposite in our communication skills have come to this middle ground of maybe where it does work. <laughs> no, we're okay. We're, we can be done talking about it now. And I'm like, okay, use your words. Talk to me about it. <laughs> but it does. It works. It works for us. Yeah. How relatable, first of all. <laughs> but also just the fact, and maybe that's not it, is it's okay to have different communication styles. I very much am like you, Luke, very much like Stetson. So I guess Luke <laughs> nailed it when he said that he saw us and each other. But I think it's not as important that your communication styles match, but that when you do talk, you're able to do it openly and honestly, which sounds mm-hmm. so simple but is not always easy. I know it wasn't certainly for me. I would always sugarcoat things. I didn't want my honesty to come across as too harsh or him take it too badly, which really I probably could have said whatever I wanted. (laughs) And he'd have been like, it's fine. You kind of end up beating around the bush a little bit instead of just being direct about what you really need, want, think, or feel. And it's tough. And it's tough when you feel that disconnect sometimes of being so far away from each other so often. But That's all we had is communication when we're gone like that. So we have to make it work. Oh, I just I will say it again and again. But you guys are light years ahead in that you are starting down your path of marriage already on the right foot. Well, thanks. That means a lot. (laughs) I'm hopeful. (laughs) As you should be. So we talked about a little bit. You're still working towards your goals in rodeo. But what does the next five or 10 years look like for you? Like, what do you see for your future? Yeah. Like I said earlier, we are building our place and I love our place and I'm, I love being there. So I enjoy circuit rodeoing and I kind of go back to when I was rodeoing so hard, I did burn myself out and I went really hard and I realized there's a lot more to life than just running down the road (laughs) and to do what makes you happy. So that's what I'm really trying to focus on is doing what makes Kelly happy and supporting Stetson while he's doing what makes Stetson happy. That's one I try not to look too far ahead because I never know. You never know with horsepower. You never know with longevity of things. And so I try to do what I can do right now and try to go make circuit finals because I can be home and I can still have my horses and I can still have my babies and ride them too. And try to make that next superstar. So that's my goals and my plans and to hopefully be able to see Stetson every now and again. (laughs) Absolutely. So towards the end of every episode, we usually do two things. So the first one is that I have a question that was left by a previous guest anonymously for some future guest. They didn't know that it would be for you. And this one I got a few months ago, but I really love this because this is going to be coming out right around the first of the year, which is when we all rodeo cowboys everywhere are gearing up for the next season. And with a little bit like that fire we were talking about, it's been relit and everything. Okay, so here's your question, Kelly. What is your rodeo resolution for the new year? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Rodeo resolution. And I don't think that this, I'm going to add on to their question, but I don't think it has to necessarily be your own. Maybe it's just your approach to navigating rodeo life this year. 
Yeah, I think be more patient. Be more patient. Understand that there's a process to things, whether it be in the arena or with your relationship. Not everything's going to happen right now. And it probably isn't going to happen right now that it does take time, whether, like I said, it's in your relationship or the rodeo arena. So to enjoy the process. Yeah. I love that answer so much. I think that there were two things there. You talking about enjoying the process and also just patience and being patient and waiting in the sense that for the timing of life and the timing of when things come to you. And learning that patience is one of the things that I know I personally, rodeo has taught me so much. And that's one of the biggest things is that patience because you are taught to, it teaches you to wait for the things you want. And Mm -hmm. also in just trusting that timing that things come to you when they're supposed to. Exactly, exactly. And working towards that, but also knowing that it's not going to happen the right time that you want, or it is going to happen the right time, but not the time that you probably want it. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes for everything. It goes for your finding success in the arena. It goes for the timing of relationships. And Mm -hmm. just when all of that happens, I always think what a gift that was to me to learn that patience. I'm still definitely learning. That's why it's my (laughs) resolution because I'm not very good at it yet. I am definitely still learning it too. It's a lesson that's (laughs) brought to me over and over. (laughs) Yeah. And then the last one is that I always ask for your favorite rodeo moment or memory. And I'd love to hear one of your own personal ones and then also one in getting to watch Stetson. Yeah. So my personal one will always be the same. I still to this day can relive this feeling and this memory is when I ran my I was at the on the bubble to make the finals in 2017 and I ran at Stephenville and I ended up winning it and that was my key to making the finals and that moment just coming out of the arena and not really knowing but knowing it was just an overwhelming feeling of I did it. That was really cool. That was a fun one. For Stetson, that's hard because he's been so successful that I obviously love watching him, his hard work pay off and his success. But I do remember we were newly dating and I went to Calgary. We actually were both competing at Calgary and it was the year that he won it. And I was sitting in the stands and of course, Bulldogger girlfriend videoing (laughs) and he ended up winning it and I sat there and there was a couple girls. I have no idea who they are. Still don't know who they are. Um, obviously in the contestant area and they were like, Kelly, go down there. He just won it. Go to the stage. And I'm like, oh, oh is that what I do? Okay, I'll go down there. Do I take pictures of my video? What do I do? So it was just that for somebody else to recognize that I was there for him and to go support him. But also like for me to kind of get that feeling of, oh, I am supporting him. So that was a cool feeling. Well, yeah. And just to be part of that, one of those moments, one of many that you will be there with him for. But that first one, I'm sure really stands out that you being a part of that victory for him. Absolutely. And for other people to recognize it too. Go, go down there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. Very special. Well, Kelly, I've just loved this so much and I look forward to supporting you and cheering you on. I know one day running down the alleyway at the Thomas and Mackin, whether that's in one year or 25 years, I'm going to be your biggest fan. I'll be up in the stands with that. I'm just, I've enjoyed every moment of this. 
Thank you. And thanks for having me. It was fun. Well, that's another great episode under our belts. And I'd love to hear what you thought. Share your favorite parts, something that really hit home or inspired you, or just share with others so they can know where to find us. It's the best way for you to cheer on these amazing people whose stories we've heard. So head on over to Instagram. Be sure to tag Companion Pass, myself, and today's guests with your greatest takeaway from this episode. Thanks for being a part of our rodeo family, and we'll catch you at the next one. Mm-hmm.